I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Nuance Life. This is our final episode of the year. We will be taking off the final two weeks of December as a well-needed break. And when we come back in 2020, we're hoping to add some new life by taking your questions, just general advice about jobs, about life, marriage, parenting, whatever you've got, whatever you're wondering about, whatever you need help with. Reach out. We want to hear your questions. We still want to have your commemorations for sure. So please don't stop those. I'm so excited about this. I grew up, no one's going to be surprised by this, obsessed with (laughs) Ann Landers. I could not wait for my parents to finish the newspaper, which believed that they read cover to cover every single day so that I could snatch it away and see what was cooking on Ann Landers. I cared so much about what kinds of questions people ask her and how she framed up her responses, especially when she said something that really surprised me. It was just like this gift. So I am so pumped about our own Sarah and Beth version of Ann Landers. Well, please tell me that you saw the visualization of like 50 years of advice columns on the internet a few weeks ago. No, I must find it now. It was, I'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes, but it was like the most interesting visualization of like the topics and how they've shifted and changed over time. Like there used to be so many questions about marriages from different faith traditions. And now like that, that question never gets asked. It was really, really interesting. I can't wait to show it to you. I can't wait to see it. I mean, look, I think advice is one of the best ways that we realize the benefits of community with each other. And I do think that in the internet age, it can feel Like, we just get too much unsolicited advice every time we get online, so maybe we want to back away from that a little bit. But here, because we use our voices and because we care so much about our listeners and have the chance so often to meet them in person and hear, oh, I'm so-and-so, you read my commemoration, I think there is something very communal about it, and I am really pumped. So we wanted to kick it off this week with a question from Madison. She says, Hi, Sarah and Beth. My name is Madison, and I am 22 years old. Bless you, Madison. Bless you and your, all your collagen you still have. I just wanted to say that I feel more confident in my own intelligence just listening to you both. I share so many of the same opinions, morals, and viewpoints as both of you on things, but being 22, I would almost get bullied into silence and not really know how to articulate the point I was trying to get across because no one can get past my age and how I'm not as quote-unquote wise. Well, I'm wise beyond my years, and I feel like I've experienced a lifetime of challenges in my small life I've had. I have a question for you both. I find myself at a hard point in life. People around me are in all aspects of life, 22 and engaged, 22 and married, 22 and building a house for the poor in other countries, 22 with their bachelor's degree. I'm 22 with an associate's degree in human services, and I decided my emotional state was not in a good place to be able to continue on the path of social work at that time in my life two years ago. I tried working at a vet because I love animals, working at a juice bar because the company was all about women empowerment, working in real estate because, I don't know, it wasn't fulfilling, (laughs) and I didn't feel like it's the kind of difference I was meant to make. I guess my question to both of you is, how did you figure out the path that you chose, and when did you feel like what you're doing is meaningful and made you feel like it's what you were meant to do. I want a job that 
course will have its hardships, but also impacts the world. I have this undeniable light in me, and I can't figure out where I can use it. Thank you for being you. I love this question from Madison. We are going to take a short break and do our very best to offer some advice. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's already December. As much as we love getting seasonal, this month can be a bit stressful too. We've all got a long list of things to do for the holidays. If life insurance is one of the things way down your list, Policy Genius might be able to help you cross it off. They'll help you find the right life insurance at the best price and do all the work to help get you covered. And this is such an appropriate ad in our episode that is all about adulting today. I feel like I'm at my peak adulting when I start to think about things like insurance and planning for the future. It is so easy to procrastinate on that stuff when you don't have a helpful tool. But Policy Genius is here to help you cross this off. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home and auto insurance or disability insurance. So if you need life insurance but aren't sure where to start, why not start at policygenius.com? It only takes a few minutes to find the right life insurance policy, apply, and cross another thing off your to-do list. Policy Genius, when it comes to life insurance, it's nice to get it right. Well, I don't know how qualified I am to offer advice on this, seeing as how I went to law school, I'm now a professional podcaster, a.k.a. I didn't do a lot of preparation <laughs> or planning. Um, to... I think that makes you exceptionally qualified to answer <laughs> Madison's question in a real way. I guess that is true. Um, I think one of the best shifts I've seen in the way people talk about this, and especially because I think it reflects my own journey, is the shift from find your passion to like just develop a skill. I felt enormous pressure to find my passion and find the perfect job and make my impact on the world at a young age. Now, everyone here knows that I really love Oprah, like love her so much. And I think the cultural message she sent for decades to the women of my mother's generation was essential and very important. Put yourself on the list, find your passion, prioritize it, all those things. Very important. I think the flip side of that is that the women growing up as those women's daughters, a.k.a. me, heard it and thought I was supposed to figure it out immediately. And, you know, it's not it's also like our system is set up like that. Pick a major or earlier, pick a college, pick a major go to graduate school and like spend all this money and invest all this time and energy into a career that not only, you know, must be lucrative, 
must be impressive and seem outwardly successful, must make you happy, must make an impact on the world, must be flexible and leave time for you. I mean, it's just, it's outrageous. We all, I mean, the whole way you're sort of funneled into that thinking is so toxic and detrimental. Whereas if we could, you know, open it up a little more and think about it as a journey, which is definitely what I've experienced in my own life. You know, I I knew what I was interested in, but I could never have seen how that would have played out and led me to this point when I was 18 or 22. I mean, I think I've always been interested in politics and I've always been interested in writing and expressing myself. And so just continuing to pursue those interests in a lot of different ways over the past 20 years has led me to a spot that I feel like I'm 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 doing all that. I'm checking all those boxes. I think it has a lot of impact in the world. It makes leaves me very fulfilled. It's flexible and allows time with my family. I don't know if lucrative is the right word for it, but it pays, you know, it pays the bills. And I think that that, but having all those expectations at 22 for something to check all those boxes just wasn't realistic. First of all, I would like a greeting card with a little voice box inside that I can just open up with you saying it's outrageous about <laughs> so many things in my life. Okay. I agree with a lot of that. I think the interesting part of the the contrast between us and our experiences is that I was really focused on finding a skill, not on finding my passion. I, in fact, felt that my passion would probably lead me to a life of poverty. And so finding a skill that would give me a really stable life was much more important to me. And you can see it so early on. I went to college thinking I might be a music major or study poetry or literature or something. And then I quickly started realizing I don't have have an after-college plan, and so I switched to being a business major. It was like, what is as far from my passion as possible? Let me learn that thing so that I can sort of stabilize my life around it. And then I did kind of the same thing with law school. It just felt like I can always be a lawyer. You know, everybody says when you start talking about law school, well, no matter what, you'll always have this skill that you can fall back on. And it is true, and it is also a trap. <laughs> so I think it's important uh, to know that going in because acquiring that skill comes with an enormous commitment of time and money, like a lot of other skills, you know. So I think it's right to think about acquiring skills, but I also think it's important to view those skills broadly and with more flexibility than maybe a lot of the voices in your life do. And maybe even the voice in your own head does, because if Five years ago, even, someone had listed for me the skills that are most important to the work I do today. I might have said, I'm not sure those are real skills. Like, where's the real list? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we just have so many messages that invalidate a lot of work that is in um, new technologies, in a new economy that's creative in any way. So I got really stuck on what is pragmatic And I sense from your message, Madison, that you are willing to be pretty open to whatever might be out there for you. And I just want to encourage you to keep that openness, because when you start to constrain the possibilities for yourself, then you really start to feel that your universe is limited and that if you get into something and you don't like it, it is going to be very scary to get out of it. I never want to feel that way again. Whatever I'm doing, I want to know I could leave this and everything would be fine. 
I don't want to leave the work that I'm doing right now. I love everything that I'm doing. If I want a million dollars, the only thing I would do differently is not work on Friday at all. That is a very (laughs) privileged, happy, wonderful place to be in life, and I recognize that. And also, I know that I could leave this and do something else, and it would be fine. And that's part of the reason I'm so content in doing it. So I just want to kind of balance that skill portion by saying— Don't focus on skills as though they have to be professions or degrees or something really narrow because it's often the broadest skill set that really leads you to the place where your skills and your passion meet. I guess I would reframe it as follow your gifts, you know, the things that you have natural inclination and aptitude for will take you to a place that works if you trust them and continue to develop them. Well, and I feel like in my own life, through my own journey, you know, I couldn't have avoided them if I wanted to. You know, like they just kept bubbling up. And when I tried to force myself into another mold or down another road that like felt more financially responsible or felt more important to my career or seemed like, you know, something a good person would do. I, it just, I, I don't do it. Like, I just, it never goes anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a part of this that, um, because birth is always such a good metaphor, you know, I always say when they say push, like, there's no pushing to it. Like, the baby comes out. Like, your body just decides what to do. And I feel like that's true of your career, too. Like, I think that you can't force it. Or, I mean, I think you, people get in terrible spots because they they stick and they don't move. It's not because they're pursuing something that's not right for them because that's just a really hard thing to do. Like getting human beings motivated is like a difficult uphill battle in the best of circumstances when all your gifts align and you're, you know, doing the work in the world, whatever, to think that you're going to like go headlong after and work, you know, be super ambitious. I think about something that is just not what you love to do. I don't know. I just think that that is a is unlikely. I think most people they'll procrastinate, they'll stay in the same job, they'll or they'll just sort of funnel that energy into other things, family, hobbies. But if you're if you don't feel that energy and momentum in your work in the way that you want to, you know, don't throw keep throwing good money after bad, try something new. There's a reason you don't feel that energy and movement that you want to feel. If you force it, it will cost you a lot. That's how I would say it. Mm. It will cost you your health, your happiness, some of your relationships. It will cost you a broad definition of success. Because I think if you're trying to do something that's not the right thing for you, you will only focus on how much money do I receive? Or what are the perks of being with this company? Or how important is it to me to be able to tell people at parties that this is what I do or who I work for? And I think when you feel yourself huddling around one or two things that are good for you about what you do, it's a clue that it's not good enough and that there might be more space for you somewhere else. And it's scary to make those leaps, especially when you've invested a lot to be where you are. And we say all this, Madison, to say that when you have not hunkered down somewhere yet where you have those obstacles to making a change, 
I think you are right to kind of listen and be willing to explore and know what feels like it's pulling you instead of pushing you. Well, and she's got so many options. The world is your oyster, Madison. You you know, all those people you were talking about, 22 in this, 22 in that. You know, those are awesome things, being engaged, being married. I was married at the by the age of 22. But the truth is that they're also limiting. You know, they also limit your options. And, you know, to have an open road available to you without those same limitations is, you know, I know it can be scary, but it's really just scary awesome. Let's take a short break and come right back. My favorite part about the holidays is reconnecting with family. I love swapping stories and reliving some of our favorite moments together. But keeping these memories alive can be hard. And that's why I'm giving my family the most meaningful gift this year, which is StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones tell the story of their lives through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, questions you've never thought to ask, like what have been some of your life's greatest surprises and what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? After one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo you choose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. You never know what family history StoryWorth will uncover. Okay, I cannot promise this type of outcome, but here is a real-life true StoryWorth event that happened to me. One of the questions was, what's one of the most expensive items you've ever purchased? And I asked my grandmother, and she said, my full-length mink coat. And I said, oh, do you love it? And she was like, no, I don't. It's too heavy. Do you want it? And I said, excuse me very much. Yes. And so legitimately StoryWorth got me a full-length mink coat. I cannot promise these results for you. Well, I just love this emphasis on connection with people and the format is so simple to follow. Preserve and pass on memories with StoryWorth, the most meaningful gift for your family. Sign up today by going to storyworth.com slash life. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash life for $20 off. So Madison asked us pretty pointedly, when did we get it? <laughs> and, uh, and I've read this paragraph a couple times from her. Like, when did you feel like what you were doing is meaningful and like it's what you were meant to do? And for me, those are two related questions that are still in progress and that have always been in progress because I do think an important lesson from my career is that you can make a difference and you can be doing your work in the world even when the job is not your work in the world. It is shocking how much we impact each other with our work. And that can be colleagues. It can mean customers. It can mean the people that are on your commute with you, depending on how you get to work. We have so much impact on other people. And so I feel like I was in the wrong job for me for 11 years. And also, I know that a lot of what I did in that job had meaning, even if it was not the stuff I was being paid to do. I know it had meaning. And there are people in my life as a result of those 11 years who I absolutely cherish. And I know that there are people who still think about me there, um, even folks that I don't have close personal friendships with. Something I said or did made a difference for them. And so, 
I think all of life is just one rough draft after another. I don't really desire to get to a place where I think, well, this is it. And this is how it's going to be until I retire or die. I'm not built for that. We've talked before on the show, people talk about their forever homes, and I get a little nauseous because just forever is a long time, and I really like change. (laughs) Um, So I'm not looking to be settled in somewhere. I am looking to more and more closely align with feeling like I'm living out my purpose and that I'm using my gifts to their fullest capacity. But I think that if you look around from the beginning and you say, just me being me will make a difference here— It's a lot easier to find moments of satisfaction, even in the temporary things that are just steps to getting you closer to where you want to be. I remember growing up feeling like my parents, particularly in their like 40s and 50s, were really living their best life and kind of always wanting to be in my 40s. And the closer I get to 40, I think Mm -hmm. I was right. It gets better. I mean, I just think so much of it is age and experience. And no one really wants to hear that, that it's just a long process of learning and failing. I mean, I am proud that I took a very courageous step in my 20s and gave up a career I'd been pursuing in Washington, D.C., to hometown of Paducah, Kentucky. You know, the farther we get away from that and the more I see people in my life, I realize, like, that was a that was a big thing we did. I'm really proud that I did that in my 20s and thought like, wait, I see where this is going and I'm not going to do this. And I think it it really was just that. It was just looking around and and I have one gift I'm realizing. I have lots of gifts. But what I'm realizing a skill I have is being able to zoom out and, and see sort of trends, be they societal or in my own life. And, you know, being able to zoom out at that moment and being like, wait, where is this going? Is that where I really want to go? And I think that is something to hone and to worry less about every single individual job or career choice and just to have the presence of mind, which I think Madison already clearly does. She wrote us and asked this this stuff to say, wait, what do I want? Where am I going? Like even what she said happened with her social, the path of social work that she saw like, oh, hold on a second. I don't think this is going to work for me. Like I don't want to see what this is going to look like in five years. And I think that the ability to do that is really, really important to just, I I love the thought exercise where you, you sit down with yourself 20 years in the future and you sort of think like, what do I want this? What would this person say to me right now as I'm struggling with this? What would, you know, me 20 years from now think about this or what advice would they offer to me? I think that's really helpful. And to just always have the, the ability to not just take the path of least resistance, but to think, wait, where is this path actually going to take me? And is it one I really want to go on? I also think a good way to find some information about that is to pay attention to your colleagues or people who do the same job as you do at other places. Because here's the truth. Working as a veterinarian has a lot to do with animals. It also has a lot to do with people. And do you like other veterinarians? Do you like the traits that you see in people who've been doing it 10, 15 years? Is there something there that feels like you? And if not, it's probably not the right road. The more that I pay attention to the kinds of people 
who make podcasts, the more obvious it is to me that this is the right place for me because I see so much of myself in lots of the people who do this, especially the people who are pretty introverted and still have this kind of public life because it allows for so much creativity. I just, I think, these are my people. Where have you been forever, you know? Um, And lawyers, (laughs) as much as I love many of them, are not my people. When I am in rooms filled with lawyers, I feel different. And that's okay. It doesn't make them bad or me bad. It just means that's not a match. And so if I could offer advice to somebody at 22, I would think when you are in a room, what rooms feel like you? And where can you see yourself in the people around you? That undeniable light that you describe, and I love that you use that expression, will find its way out. Where does that happen the most? If you find that you are trying to roll that back, it's the wrong space for you. I mean, I know flow is like such a trite word that, you know, it's become sort of overused. But feeling that flow, feeling like when work doesn't feel like work, I mean, it's just not it's it's not a bad it's not a bad guidepost. And it will take a while to get there because when you're new at anything, it is really hard. It will also feel worth chasing to you when it's the right thing. And over time, it will feel less and less like you're chasing it and more and more like it's coming to you because that's what's meant to be. And I think that's true whether you work in retail or in a professional environment or as a creative entrepreneur or on a oil rig or anywhere else in the world. You know, when when you find the thing that is for you, it will feel like it is for you, even where there's lots of hard stuff wrapped around it, because there always will be. Well, Madison, thank you for reaching out and trusting us by asking us about advice for your future career and life. And we wish you all the best. And we have no doubt that that light you described will continue to shine. We'll be back in your ears in January. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for sharing your year with us. Thank you for everything that you've commemorated, the hard stuff, the ugly stuff, the beautiful Mm -hmm. moments, the moments where you're just kind of sitting and not sure how to take them in. It is a gift and an honor to be part of these experiences with y'all. We love it. We can't wait to do more of it in 2020. And as the year comes to a close, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener supported. Go to patreon.com slash the nuance life. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.